Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Songs Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello, this is My Song Suck. It is My Song Suck. Hello. It's the show that you all know and love. Uh, my name's James Keogh. And I'm Alex Smith. And with us today, we have a guest, uh, a very good friend of the show, a longtime listener, a longtime friend. It's uh, it's Joe Ralios, otherwise known as JJ. Hello. Oh, you're Good cute. people. Very nice. Very nice introduction. Very nice. Hello. Um, how are you doing, Jay? And Joe? I was gonna say I said I was gonna say JJ, and then I was also gonna say Joey. So I was, Joe, I'm great. That's good. That is awesome. Um, you tell us a bit about yourself, about your music, about who you are. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's That's, a big question. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> that is a big question. Well, I, I'm I I can't exactly remember the first time that I became really aware of music and heard something I liked because mm. there wasn't a lot of sort of rock records in, in our household. Like we did have Paul Simon's Graceland and I think a best of Commodores. Oh, nice. So that was actually my first introduction to, I guess, black music and then like just the whole rock music. But when I was about five, I believe it was, I – I heard the Beatles and I don't know how, but it was around the same time that they released the anthology sure. uh, documentary series. And I just thought this is the best band in the world. <laughs> and that set me on a path, basically just, just wanting to play music. But what was also important about the Beatles was mm. that they introduced me to a lot of other music. So I discovered the, the first wave of rock and rollers and then a lot of, blues and rhythm and blues music through them. I, I actually do have to say, and I hope this isn't going to sound too long winded, mm. but I think the British were really important for introducing a wide audience to a lot of black music because many years later, I discovered that popular songs, they covered like twist and shout and groups, well, People like the Searchers and the Hollies were doing like, ain't that just like me and Love Potion right. number nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, ain't that just like me was originally by the Coasters, and then of course with the Yardbirds and the Who and the Kinks, they frequently covered a lot of songs by Sunny Boy Williamson, Muddy yeah. Waters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I think really most of my musical influences mm. are from the the sixties. Amazing. And is that sort of an influence you've carried on into your music today, do you reckon? Yes, uh, definitely. Fantastic. One of the upcoming songs on the EP, which is called Pull the Plug, is basically like a Bo Diddley tribute. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, why don't we take a look at, we've got an early track, obviously. Okay. 
Uh, this is called Beaches in Winter. Is that right? Yes, be, be, beach in winter. Beach in winter. I, I think something like that. But essentially, <laughs> it was a very failed attempt to try and replicate the Beach Boys. And oh, okay. what I remember is there's there's a lot of places where I'm not quite in tune, and the recording goes on forever and ever, and it just feels like I really didn't have any idea about structure <laughs> and. I think at the original recording, I actually say in the beginning, Beach and Winter, take three. (laughs) (laughs) Just dive into it. Start playing. So this should be an interesting experience reliving this song. Amazing. Let's, uh, Alex, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, I guess just, let's just dive into for, it. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I, haven't, I haven't said much yet. Yeah, no, you're right. Just sitting stoically paying attention. Well, why don't we check out, uh, your old song? How old were you? When was this one written? I might've been, oh, maybe about four or five years ago. Wow. Possibly. All right. Cool. Nice. <laughs> well, let's check it out. This How is time flies. beach in winter. Here we go. Okay. This is beach in winter. Take three. Doom.
And that's a wrap. <laughs> and that's a wrap. How you feeling, buddy? <laughs> I'm still alive. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <I hope. laughs> that's good. Sorry, you go. I was going to say, I got to say, very, uh, this was a very brave and genuine submission. Normally people kind of bring in like, oh, this is my worst song ever, but it's still like pretty yeah, polished yeah. and good. Like this felt like a, a genuinely like raw and honest and, and goofy, but like in a good way kind of thing. It was good. Like this sounded, <laughs> this sounded like an actual demo that someone would Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So thank you very much for being very brave and bringing this in. Oh, that's okay. That's um, great. Yeah. Uh, now that you've mentioned it, I can definitely see the, the Beach Boy uh, influences. Yeah, so I think there were probably two songs in mine which I was trying to replicate. Mm. The, the Warmth of the Sun and Sail on Sailor. Sure. Oh, okay. Nice. Did, did you, there's a little uh, plunky bit where it's like, ding, 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 like that, that acoustic bit. Um, was that? That, that was very similar to Born on a Feeling by Boston. Is is that towards the end where yeah. I'm, I'm doing that? Yeah, I, I don't know what. I, I think I was just basically trying to show off and, and, <laughs> and think, oh, look, 12 strings. <laughs> oh, that was nice. I liked it. Yeah, no, I liked it. I like uh, coming back to what Alex was saying about how genuine as a demo it is. Yeah. At the beginning there, you know, we had you – uh, simulating with your voice sort of the way the song was. Yeah. I guess, I suppose that was like what it was intended to be, yeah. you know, with instruments, I guess. I think ba- basically, yeah, just, just trying to imagine, okay, uh, there's there's five guys around and we're all doing harmonies. It'd be something like this. <laughs> That's great. I think that was captured really well. That was really cool. Yeah. What is this song about? I Beach have no winter? idea. Nothing in particular. <laughs> it's basically just throwing in a few surf related phrases oh sure and i kind of just went okay something like that that sounds good all right let's record (laughs) (laughs) you uh so you you brought this song to us uh because you feel that it's not your best uh what about it do you feel is not that good and how would you improve it if you were to re-release it today Uh, okay well one thing I will say that I just thought of is that I guess beach in winter was supposed to be some kind of a joke. Mm. And, but, but the problem I, I found first of all is definitely when I'm singing it, particularly in the, in the middle, I, my singing is very, very off <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it shows. The other thing is I'd probably cut maybe about a minute or two. Okay. Oh, off really? It like that little instrumental section towards the end. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it's good, but in the context of the song, it, it just feels as if it's just outstaying. It's welcome. Mm. I think the other thing I would probably do is I think really that just make it shorter and m- make sure that I have a genuine idea about what the structure is going to be instead of going, okay, yep, yep, yep. And then just trying to wing it. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) It shows. That's (laughs) that's very good advice. Like focus, like stick into a a, a thematic goal and not overstaying it's welcome. Yeah. Sometimes it's got to kill your darlings when you. Totally. And I think this, this, you know, stands up as something which is very much throwing everything at the wall and seeing, you know, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, But yeah, when in its, in its final form, I assume that would be more refinement and, and sort of honing in on the good parts and, and, you know, cutting away the the stuff that that is is more fluff. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, like long songs can be really good, but mm. as long as 
it's intentional and you have a clear idea of the structure. And one song I think of, which is a great example of a long song done really well is I think the roughly 20 minute version of whipping post on the Allman brothers band album at Fillmore East. Wow. Is that check it out. So it was 20 minutes. You say roughly 20 minutes. Was it performed live or was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. That's so cool. Yeah. That, and like, have you listened to the whole thing from start to finish the whole 20 minutes? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's fantastic. And, and actually uh, the Allman brothers are another big influence. And what I loved mm. about Dwayne Allman and, and Diggy Betts is that there's a lot of electric blues influences, Elmore James, Hubert Sumlin, you name it. But yeah. also there's a lot, it's equal parts jazz. So John Coltrane sure. and all those, Miles Davis and all those great guys. And it's just thrown in together plus with some some country and also taking influences from those people and also taking influences from, you might say, the second blues generation, which were the British guys who were like, wow, this music that is is not mainstream. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Let's energize it. And of course <laughs> out of that came heavy metal and and punk. So yeah, yeah I, I I know this is very obvious, but I but I, I, I love what, what the Brits have, have done for for music. Yeah. That's awesome. And it seems because knowing you and having known you for for a yeah. very long time, um you seem to have this almost encyclopedic knowledge of, you know, yeah, music wild. and music history. What in particular, you know, how long have you been sort of learning and, and, and sort of been interested in, I guess, music history and, and music? Almost all of my life. I, I don't know exactly when it started, but definitely from when I was like rough getting into the Beatles, roughly five or six, like I wanted to go forward and I wanted to go back and well, who did, who did these people listen to and who sure, did they listen yeah, yeah. to? But I think probably the big breakthrough was when I was roughly 18, I knew almost nothing about blues music. And then yeah. a lot of it was to do with a documentary uh, dancing in the street that I think they made in the mid nineties. And there was an episode called Crossroads and mm. it was basically about the, the British discovering blues music and then transforming forming that and birthing that you know like all the all the great acts the yardbirds and and eventually cream and led zeppelin yeah basically comes out of this this love of blues music and that was a big leap and i just remember i i discovered so much more and i just wanted to keep discovering so i i spent a lot of my <laughs> lot of my spare time reading books looking at articles on the internet trying to find out from people oh do you do you know this song do you know where this took place etc etc yeah yeah and then last year i took a trip just a solo trip to the uk and they of course have a wonderful plaque system so i was i was going around finding all these places like where the original vox factory was and a place where John Lennon used to live. And then uh, there was another place. Oh, there, there were heaps of places off the top of my head. Yeah. And then through that, when I got back to Brisbane, I wanted to discover all these great significant places because Brisbane has a wonderful music history and huh. the saints and the go-betweens. 
yeah. amongst amongst other groups, wow. and I was able to find where the Saints recorded their their classic single "I'm Stranded," which used to be the Bruce Windsor Studios, but it's now the Doc Brown Cafe and like a convenience store and a block of apartments. Oh, really? And that was really, <laughs> really exciting. Yeah. And I'll be making a few more trips. Like I discovered the Sandgate Town Hall is where the Saints played another gigs. Yeah, and wow. it's 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 just <laughs> it's it's very very exciting. And also, I, I think it's just that like like I mean, an obsession with music and wanting to know as much about it as possible. And it also is a great thing to really help in terms of playing music and with writing music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As if you're able to absorb all these influences, you can go, well, I really like what they did in that song. I'm going to sort of take it or or when you're sort of playing around, you're like, oh, wow, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, That sounds very similar, which sounds very similar to that. That's so amazing. That's awesome. I love the idea of you going to all these places, you know, going to a cafe and being <laughs> super excited and, you know, no one knows what's going on. But, you know, it's, it's this history, it, especially in Brisbane, I don't think anyone, you know, you talk to would know that Brisbane itself would have such a, a musical history, yeah. you know, like no one would think of it that way. Yeah, and it's it's a very interesting thing. I mean, even though Brisbane you could argue that it's not quite on the level of Sydney and Melbourne. It's Mm. nice that it's grown in the past few years and it's no longer seen as simply the dorky cousin of Sydney, Melbourne. You have to (laughs) see it Easter and Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Don't talk to you for the rest of the year. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, coming back to this song. Oh yes. Yes. um, One of the things, because you know, we mentioned it's a demo. It's, it's something that it's not fully formed, but one thing that is, you know, still, really really excellent is your playing your guitar playing (laughs) and i know for a fact like i knew you growing up that you've been playing guitar for a while in high school i remember you played guitar right well actually the interesting thing was i i i think it was when i was would have been in in year six i started playing percussion oh and i think i started trying to like learn the harmonica maybe when I was 16 or 17, but actually it wasn't until after I finished school that I, I picked up the guitar and I actually actively started trying to learn it, really? which, which is a really know. weird thing. Yeah. Like cause that's probably <laughs> sort of much later in age than a lot of people mm. play music, but it came out of a, a failed attempt to try and teach myself piano. I, I, I couldn't <laughs> do it. And for some reason I just got lucky with the guitar and I just didn't want to let it go. That's awesome. There you go. You're, well, um, sorry. No, you go. You're, uh, as you, as you mentioned, your singing is a little bit off in the demo, uh, but I've heard you play. We, we, we have played recently. You yes. And yes. Um, and you're very good. Uh, what, what, did you do lessons or is that just from gigging or how did, how did you improve? I did get a couple of singing lessons, maybe, maybe roughly three, four years ago. I don't know how much I remember from that, but maybe subconsciously I started to think a lot more about, oh, okay, I'm a bit off here. Mm. And but the other thing is just like, you know, with almost all the musicians, it's trying to copy your idols because yeah. Yeah. I, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completely in, in love with a lot of, Around the time I discovered Electric Blues, I really discovered a lot of 
soul music. And one of my favorite recordings still to this day is Wilson Pickett's Land of a Thousand Dances. And I sometimes, and I still do sometimes have this, have this fantasy where I'm like one of those British bands where I'm like Wilson Pickett or Otis Redding or James Brown and I'm performing to a group of people and they're just going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just putting on a really exciting kick-ass show. <laughs> I think there's that. something like, yeah, really uh, about, about you know, being live in front of a crowd in yeah. particular that is, yeah, I can see, you know, why, why that would be a different experience completely to just doing a, a song, you know, in a studio or whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. And I have to say, Alex, it was very fascinating when we did the milk factory, when you were playing, playing your sets in in that great cowboy gear, the (laughs) audience was really getting involved and they were singing along and dancing. It's kind of like, that's awesome. That's what music should be about. It should be entertaining and it should be energetic. I mean, I, I, I definitely do respect people who sit down and play acoustic guitar but it's just I, I, I can't, I can't do that. Like I, I believe that people should be going out and they should be able to have fun and and dance the night away. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'm I'm very gifted to have a, a crowd that gets all hype without me having to do anything. <laughs> that crowd's <laughs> keen before I even start playing. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what you want in that that sort of philosophy of James Brown trying to make the audience sweat. <laughs> <It's> just- <laughs> Also, I should mention that, uh, like a second into playing that gig, my guitar exploded, and uh, oh, yeah. Mr. JJ here very kindly <laughs> dived into his bag and got his own guitar, uh, which I appreciate very much. And that's well, the kind of kind person that we're talking to this evening. Mm. Oh, so thank no. you very much. Very kind, very <laughs> generous. Saved, saved the gig. Yeah. Oh no, the secrets out. <laughs> my attempts to be mysterious <laughs> <laughs> <being> destroyed. <laughs> um. When did you start to go by the name JJ? When did you start to kind of create this identity, this persona? Well, that all came from a nickname that my, my family and some of my cousins used to call me JJ because my, my initials JJ are. Right. And I was tr- when I decided that I wanted to s- start getting out there and playing music, I was like, what am I going to do for a stage name? And- I thought JJ was probably the simplest thing because it's short and sweet and it's memorable. Totally. And I mean, I like, I have a lot of people who like, I've gotten a lot of nicknames over the years, but a lot of people like call me JJ and it's like, great. Awesome. That's what you want. Something memorable. <laughs> totally. It's nice when you already have a nickname just to like <laughs> keep going with. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> JR was taken, surely. Yeah. <laughs> and so when was it, uh, when was the shift? When did you decide, all right, I'm going to start, writing songs and, you know, start performing in front of people? Well, I can't remember when I started. It was probably, I don't remember when I actually started writing songs, but I think when I started, I wanted to play music. It was 2000 and, well, New Year's Eve 2017. It's like when 2018 comes, that's what I want to start doing. And, yep, I I stuck to it. And it's, yeah. it's a great thing. And... It, you know, you know, it is nice to be able to have made progress, but like I'm, like most people, I'm, I'm definitely still very, very enthusiastic and very ambitious about wanting to tick all these other goals off mm. the list, like two places which 
I really, really want to be able to play. I still want to be able to play lefties as well as the beer garden in the Trifford. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, I don't know if this is the case in Australia or, or worldwide, but have you ever found that sometimes this notion of a tall poppy syndrome can be like a good and a bad thing? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is, uh, tall poppy syndrome, uh, for people who don't know what that is, do you mind giving a quick definition? <laughs> I know what it is. I, <laughs> Ali's giving me the look like I don't know what it is. I know what it is. But you brought it up. I, I figured you might. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh, dear. So tall poppy syndrome <laughs> is this notion where when – an individual or a group of people start to reach a certain level of success, people are very keen to, in quotation marks, bring them down to planet Earth, you know, cut them down a peg or two. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that can be a, a good thing because it means that it stops people from becoming, you know, sort of snobbish Fox. and arrogant. <laughs> yeah. but, but the bad thing with that is sometimes these – this idea comes out of just fortunately just resentment and yeah. jealousy. And, yeah. and, and that's a really horrible thing because people, you know, as long as they're not like mean to, to anybody, they should be allowed to succeed and people should be like, wow, this is awesome. You finally made it. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, you go. There seems to be like, uh, like an area of growth as well because like when you're really really small everyone's like let's all do it together and then yep. you reach a point and then people start being like oh fuck that guy but then if you make it bigger then suddenly all of Australia is like oh we always loved this person and you know they're <laughs> ours especially if like like Sia and those kind of artists yeah. who like went to America and they're yeah. like, oh, Sia's our big Australian artist. And it's like, well, I went to America because Australia wasn't supporting me. Mm. And now that I'm big, now you want to like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, yeah, people want to support you when you're nothing or when you've made it, but not when you're starting little to make middle, it. That yeah. middle yeah. area. Yeah. Some garbage. <laughs> but have you found that you've got a lot of people supporting you in your sort of music uh, at the moment, what you're, what you're doing? Uh, yeah, I, I am. I am lucky and I think I'm really just trying to keep up that support and also try and have it as as a two-way give and take where people support me but I want to be conscious of supporting them, whether it's mm. buying their music or, or going to their gigs or mm. even in, you might say, certain posts like, tagging them or telling friends and family about it. Oh, this is really great acting. You really got to see them. Mm. Actually, what my my favorite current artist at at the moment, I love you Alex, but, <laughs> but Shakespeare and the Skeleton Gang. Hey. Oh yeah, yeah. They are fantastic. And actually you really should get them on this show because I found out they're actually in the process of recording their first album. And the wonderful mm. thing about them is and I think one thing I, I personally like about them is that I don't, with, I don't want this to sound pretentious but <laughs> I sort of feel a kinship because we have a lot of similar musical influences oh, nice. and, and they they are besides their wonderful original material like they'll throw in covers of songs by people like Screaming Jay Hawkins and Money mm. Waters they even do the Time Warp Oh, nice. As the encore. But what's wonderful is that you can hear a lot of rock, you can hear a lot of blues and some jazz and even 
some country thrown in there. But when you see them, you get a show like yeah. in like an Alice Cooper or, or ACDC where Finn, Finn Taylor, he actually dies at the end and then the band gets the crowd to revive. It's like three, two, one. <laughs> yeah! And he rises up and it's just fantastic. That's and awesome. during their song Soup Job, Finn with his trombone leaps into the audience and starts playing it. And it's just amazing. That's awesome. And we should say uh, Finn, who, who uh, is in Shakespeare, is in uh, Alex's band. Yeah, he's yes. my keyboard when player. He, yes. yes. So and that's, uh, JP, yes. we share a drummer and a keyboard. No way. I didn't know JP was in Shakespeare as well. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. These all the different connections in the <laughs> <Yeah>. Brisbane <laughs> scene. It's all, it's all coming up. Um. Do you want to share a bit about your EP and, and, and that kind of stuff? And I, Absolutely. Yeah. So there's no set release date yet, but I'm currently recording it like, like a few friends of mine have set up a record label, Cerberus Records, and a studio, oh, yeah. a Big Dog Studios. So the, the goal is to have it released in the July-August period. Nice. And cool. at the moment, and... I'm on Instagram and Facebook at JJ Music Oz if you're interested in having updates about how the recording is coming along amongst other other things. Definitely but- support JJ. JJ's lovely. For sure, yeah. Get on in there. <laughs> go do it. Go do it. <laughs> but we've got the basic tracks down and just got to do some overdubs, like some guitar solos as well as vocals and bass. Nice. Amazing. And what's that like? Like recording. So this is a this is a new studio, new record label you're saying? Y- yes, yes. Amazing. And it's it's wonderful. Yeah. It's it's a really fantastic experience. And one of the great things is after recording certain tracks, like listening to the playback and going, wow, you know, there's there's really something here. And the other important thing is is that it's great to be able to learn studio discipline because when you're playing live, you can move around everywhere sure, yeah. and change arrangements. But with studios, you've got to be in time. Yeah. And it's nice to be able to have a producer, Luke, Luke Thompson, and they also, he plays bass in Void Matter. Oh, nice. And it's great to be able to have someone who goes, nope, got to do it again. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic. There you go. Shout out to Luke Thompson, another yes, long-time yes. Uh, friend of friend of ours, which is very cool. Double, um, just double checking. Um, did you you said that you started like properly getting New Year's uh, 2017 into 2018? So I think the first gig I I did was I think maybe March 2018. And you're already coming out with the first EP. That's very solid work. Man. Oh, oh, okay. I, I thought that was just the normal thing. It's like, right, got to get something recorded. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's real good. That's real good. Very ambitious. Good. Yeah. No, it's so cool that you've, you've, I guess like, you know, having, making the decision that this was going to be no. a thing that you were going to chase no. and the thing you were going to do and then making moves, making steps to make that happen. That's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's good, man. A lot of people are just talk. Exactly. Like yeah. Around. Like I think that smoking, yeah. drinking. Everyone talks about how they're gonna, you know, run a bar Buy or something. A bar, like that. yes. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say the bar thing. <laughs> or you know, like love you, Curtis. This wasn't an attack on you. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis always says he's gonna run a bar. Or you know, write a novel or something like yeah. that. You yeah. know, people say, oh, 
I'm going to do this and we do that. And then life gets in the way, you yeah. know, it's, it's cool that you've stuck it out and you've committed to that. Was there, have there been any challenges in like, you know, keeping yourself to this as a discipline and stuff like that? I would say there have been some challenges. I think one thing is try not to let feelings of, I guess, disappointment and jealousy kind, sure. of, kind of get in, yeah. get in the way. Yep. The other thing is trying to convince people, hey, I'll be fantastic for playing at your place. Uh, I, yeah. I do this, this, I play this, this, mm. and I play a distorted ukulele behind my head. <laughs> these are these are venues you you mean? Like, yeah, yeah, because like I, I have used and I'm and I will still use what booking agents like when they when they come up, but a lot of the gigs I have secured have been just through, through myself, just trying to approach venues sure. and go, look, you know, this is what I do. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the challenge. And I guess with, with particularly a lot of creative fields, mm. y- you do have to get used to rejection. Oh yeah. And oh, it's, it's trying not yeah. to let that get in the way yeah. and keeping on going. Speaking from experience, yes. having an EP will help a lot. Because you mm. you just like tangible evidence of just yeah. like I do this, you can listen. They'll be like, yeah. oh yes, he like he does, yeah, he is good. And then you'll instantly much like still a slog yeah. and still hard, but like once you have that evidence of like your recording, then it's just much easier to get gigs because you have tangible evidence. Yeah. 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 Do you have more to add, Alex? No. I've been, uh, been talking a lot. So I was like, <laughs> Alex probably has something to say. I don't know why. I've just been finding it hard to jump in on this one. I think sure. you guys got that that chemistry. We've got that, that rapport. You guys are click clacking. You've known me since I was a baby. <laughs> like that's that's something that you can't you can't force that. That just comes it's naturally. True. I'm just sitting here like, look at these guys. What is the what is the age difference here, if I may ask? because uh, you're the same age as my brother Luke, is that right? Or are you? Well, I'm I'm a year older than Luke. I'm the same, same age, age as ben. ben. Right. So that would be seven years, I think. Are you older than me? Uh, you were born 1990. Yes. And you were yeah. born 1992. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I'm younger than someone. <laughs> I did it. Um, you were 97. I'm 97. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah um, I guess that comes to one thing that like. I guess there's a common misconception of like, if you want to become a musician or something, there's a sort of, there's an expiration date on yeah. that or something like, like you have to, you know, come out the gates when you're 18 or something, or, yeah. you know, when you finish high school and then do it. And that's how you get on your grind. But like you coming from, you know, basically starting from into 2018 and now getting to where you are now, <laughs> I guess it proves that like you're never too quote unquote old or too, you know, late in your life to, to start something new and, and, and develop that. No. And, and it's really just about, about attitude. Mm. And what's really amazing is that I think one great thing is seeing established older acts, you know, even in to their sixties and seventies yeah. still rocking it out. I mean, the Rolling <laughs> Stones are an obvious example, yeah, yeah. but do you guys, how familiar are you guys with Ed Cooper and, and the saints? I am not. Not familiar. No. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic band. Very, very influential. And when they released their debut single, I'm Stranded, and then did the DIY thing of, of mailing it off to a lot of record companies in other countries, yeah. they actually beat all the UK punks 
in terms of getting on record. Wow. So even before the Damned and the Sex Pistols, yeah. the Saints were there first. Huh. Wild. And Ed Cooper, the, the guitarist, like he's still performing and playing and I saw him at the Trifford last year and it's still one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And wow. then I'm seeing him again at the zoo and he's really wonderful because, I mean, punk has been has been a big influence and the recording Ed made last year called The Church of Simultaneous Existence was probably my favourite recording for 2018 and it's wonderful because you hear so many different styles a lot of the tracks have horns and then you can hear influences you can sort of hear some mc5 stooges you can hear the easy beats and yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of that great 60s <laughs> music mm. nice that's awesome I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints, they're coming in. Yeah, no, it's great. That's awesome. Oh, when the Saints come marching in. Right, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do we have any more we want to discuss about this particular song or about, uh, about uh, uh, I forgot the name of it, uh, winter, Beach in Winter. Beach in Winter, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, no, I pretty much said all my stuff. Great, very brave. Very Beach brave. Boy influences. Better as a singer now. Lessons? Very honest. Very raw. Very brave. I already said that. Very born on a feeling by Boston. Mm. Mm. That's all I got. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything you want to add about the, the, the song itself? About Bridge. Die. Why did I go with Bridge? No, it's Beach. It was <laughs> the bridge I keep, I keep the to us. <laughs> uh. No, no, there's... I can't really think of anything, but I guess you've got to start somewhere. That's it. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a question. Yes. Right. So you've been playing for a long, long, long time, right? Because you're very skilled at the guitar. Mm. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, well, I've been playing <laughs> for, I think playing guitar for roughly 11 years. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> 11 years is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been writing songs? Because that's a different kettle of fish. Oh, yeah. Well, I think even before I picked up the guitar, I was always writing lyrics growing up, but I'd probably say that it felt as if the first time I felt as if I was actually in my mind writing songs, like having lyrics and then having chord progressions was around the time I picked up guitar. And it was actually Bob Dylan, surprisingly, who, who inspired me. And maybe it was just the fact that a lot of his songs have simple chord progressions. And it's like, Mm. well, I want to try and, and do that. And I love his, his songwriting. So yeah, I think the first proper song I can remember writing, I I believe it's called cinnamon moon. And it was basically just trying to emulate him. And and one day I may redo it potentially. Who knows? (laughs) Did cinnamon moon have a similar thing with, uh, with beach and winter of just like, you know, not really having too much of a meaning or did it have meaning or no meaning. I, I think in terms of my songwriting, mm. like I love, I love listening to love songs. Sure, but I've never been able to write them. Like it just feels weird. So I guess I write about all kinds of subjects. Sometimes a lot of them are just surreal shenanigans where I just string things together, which yeah. sound catchy and and put them in. Nice. So yeah, yeah. no yeah. no specific meaning to beach and winter or even 
cinnamon moon. Mm. Well, I mean, that comes back, you know, to the the Beatles had a whole lot of songs which were just like balls against the wall, different concepts, different things, just trying stuff and, 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 you know, coming up with with awesome music. A lot of spaghetti. A lot of spaghetti against the wall to see (laughs) what sticks. Yes. A lot of Eggmen and walruses and, (laughs) you know. Number nine and all, you know. <laughs> Doing it in the road. And <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Is that sort of, do you carry that influence as well of just like, let's just see what happens? Some, sometimes. I'm, I'm, I, I think the other thing I should probably point out is that some of my other influences, they also come from film soundtracks as well as a lot of comedy because I love I love Frank Zappa and there's a lot of stand-up comedians I love like George Carlin, Bill Hicks, Richard Pryor. Mm. And I think maybe in some way that bleeds into it. And then also there's a lot of lot of films, but like I'm a big Monty Python fan. Like I raise you because they are awesome. <laughs> and I think I've always just loved the surreal outlook yeah. and just going going all the way, even if I don't quite understand it or anyone else understands <laughs> it, but it's like, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's very surreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It that's just awesome. comes out of me. But I'm, I'm constantly listening to, to music because I love it, but it's amazing just what great ideas you can get to it. And I'm always discovering music. Like recently I discovered Garamal and he's, he's really, really, oh, okay. really amazing. And yeah. then electronic music from the sixties. And there's, there's one, uh, uh, I wish I could remember the, uh, the, the name of it, but the idea with this doctor was that he was trying to simulate the sound of an orgasm with like synthesizers. So oh I was my like, gosh. <laughs> and it's like this, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. things like Stockhausen where they use microphones as instruments. Oh, okay. And there's a, there's another one he did where it's this broadcast of Ode to Joy, but they're fooling around with all the radio, so it's like, da na na yeah. And I love that because, like, that, you know, especially in the 60s, would have been very early days for you know, electronic stuff at all. Yes. And so having them playing around with it and just, you know, experimenting and doing weird, surreal, you know, stuff with that. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Just, just in incredible. And I think that's the one, one good thing, even though it sometimes feels as if sort of music doesn't necessarily have the same impact that it used to. Mm. It is great that it's becoming so much easier to find music that you may have had to have searched years for or never discovered. Right. Yeah. For one thing, so many soundboard recordings of all these great cream concerts. Oh yeah. And it's, it's almost like the, the online world is like one giant big candy store. Totally. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like I remember a few years back, I was just idly searching or whatever and saw like a recommendation for like this Viking metal song. And it was just like this full on metal song with like these Vikings. And it was just like all about, you know, Norse stuff and mythology and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, it was full on, but it was awesome. And like, 
there are all these very niche sort of you can find you can find your crowd with any sort of thing yeah. now that the internet exists. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so cool. Was oh, it Valhalla? Well, Val what now? Valhalla? No, I don't think believe it was. Perhaps there are more than one Viking metal band. Well, you know, there's one worth listening to. That's Valhalla. I think I think the name of this band. He's a good boy. He deserves a shout out. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, That's so good. On. What's that? Carry on. No, all friend. good. I think the name of the band was Tyr. T-Y-R. T-Y-R. Yeah. That's not go. a very Viking What was name. the name of your Viking band? Valhalla. All right, check them out. Yeah, do that. <laughs> check both of our Viking metal bands out <laughs> and tell us which one is better. A lot of recommendations in this episode. I love it. It's great. <laughs> if you like- finish this episode and don't spend at least an extra hour just going into the stuff that we talked about. like 20 minutes of it will be that song that JJ recommended, the live version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wild. Um. Gosh, well, I mean, is there anything else left to discuss? We've sort of, we've had a very good discussion, I think. I had a mini rant about JJ, <laughs> like a nice one. Yeah, it was great. I, no, I wasn't like I had it still to go. Oh, right. I didn't know when it would be a good time to do it. Do it now. Well, JJ, I, I think like, this is going to sound weird, but you kind of are just like the, the great, I don't want to say perfect, but just you're just a really good Say person perfect. to aspire to be. You're the perfect musician <laughs> because you're really, really genuinely very enthusiastic about music mm. and your passion is infectious. Uh, you're very kind and you actually walk the walk and talk the talk in terms of supporting the music scene, which is nice. Um, and yeah, you're definitely going to go far and be awesome because you have the right attitude and the ambition. And I just think you're a really nice person and totally. everyone should go. Check them out. If you ever have the chance to check out JJ live, yeah, and you have a, a pretty uh, is it you have a pretty constant uh, schedule of of gigging, or, or you have a venue where you it was like Friday nights or something. I, I remember. I, I actually I, I don't have at the moment. I don't have a a constant stream of sure. gigs. They, they sort of just come in in little okay, ways, yep. and I'm really just trying to build that up. I I do still play a lot at. Club Green Slopes. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Right, and but the the gear, the next gig I've got coming up at, at the moment at a time of recording, what we yes. should mention is the <laughs> Annalee Arcade on Friday, third of May. Yeah. When and does this episode come out, Alex? Do you know this comes out? Uh, not. We should have planned this ahead. The nineteenth. <laughs> the nineteenth of, of April. Yeah. Oh, great! So you're in in May. You've yep. got a gig. That's awesome. Where did you say it was? The Annalee Arcade. And I'll I'll have details online about times, etc. But basically it's just going to be a, sort of like a bit of a sort of an art exhibition that they've they've got in the field and I'm just going to be providing the the musical soundings so for, cool. for that yeah. evening. That's so awesome. If if so if you if you want to chance to see someone play a ukulele behind their their head you know <laughs> usually with with distortion it, mm. it's like well that's one of the things i do and i'm actually okay with being known as the person who does that because as long as you can just find a way to be able to get people to come to your shows to listen to your music etc mm. be like i I want him to to play here. 
then that's the main thing. And I do take the music seriously, but I mean, I also do see myself as an entertainer as much as a musician. Mm. And if people are falling asleep at my gigs, then I'm not doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) Very fair. fair. Oh, that's awesome. And so you mentioned you have your Instagram and your Facebook um, where what's, so it was JJ Music Oz. A-U-S. Yep, A-U-S. That's right. And then for Facebook, uh, what is that? Just JJ Music? Uh, JJ Music Oz. So, oh, okay. Yep, that's same, the as, same. same as the Awesome. Instagram. Amazing. So, yeah, if you want more information on that, go uh, go follow JJ on all those platforms. Um, your EP's coming out in the middle of this year, hopefully. Yes, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, <laughs> which we're very much looking forward to. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to, to bring up, to plug? Nothing I can I can think of in terms of plugging, but I mean, th- thanks for having me on your show. This was really good, and and actually, I have to say, Alex, one of the proudest moments that has happened well in, in since I started like playing music live was when you asked me to open for you at, at the Milk Factory. Oh man, yeah, oh, wow. I, I was actually really really touched by that. So yeah, th- thank you. Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad that. Mm, I'm glad you appreciate it. It was good to have you. You did a great job. Hashtag suck up. <laughs> oh. Oh, very good, very wholesome moment to have on our show. Yeah. But yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, awesome. Uh, Alex, do you want to plug some of your stuff? Uh, well, if you, if, you, if you like my music, I'm your man, Alex Smith, and I'm on Facebook and you can hear me for free on Spotify. And I've also just started a Patreon account, which you can check out for as little as $1 a month. And I think you can do less. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I'm not, to- I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's a big help that's been going on. But um, yeah, that's all I got. Have you got anything you want to plug? Uh, well, I mean, I have another show on this network. It's called Unfeatured Articles. Uh, you can go check that out. That's another uh, cool podcast. That's every week, every Tuesday. Uh, we are lovingly hosted on the That's Not Canon Productions uh, network. I have been in the Zane seat. I've been doing yeah. the Zane. Dad's away. <laughs> Dad's away. And so the kids are out <laughs> to play. And so for that reason, I, I, I do apologize uh, for any audio issues that there might have been. I know it's it's not show businessy to apologize, but I I'd, want to. I'd love it if the whole episode has been like. <laughs> like sorry if it's uh, an error. I'm sure it's fine <laughs> the whole time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, uh, we now are going to cut to a live performance from JJ himself. He's yes. going to be playing a song in the studio. What song are you going to be playing? The song I'll be playing is Shoot Me Down, which is going to be one of the songs on the upcoming EP. Awesome. awesome. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, you. Our theme song is Alex's song, Mr. Heads and Tails. Yes. So uh, that's great. You should listen to that as well. Oh, thank you. But uh, let's listen now to Shoot Me Down live. I will never let you down But you just can't get around Like you used to Education is a virtue Fill the page and you will see Erase boundaries, time and space As I cross the border into you 
down Shoot me down Shoot me down like a Nazi Shoot me down Shoot me down, shoot me down Like a Nazi Visionary, open your mind, hear you yodel in a cemetery. Get in touch with what is life, we're all connected. After I have buried it, you two will be interjected. Everybody, shoot me down, shoot me down, shoot me down like a Nazi. All right, now shoot me down, shoot me down, shoot me down, yeah, like a Nazi. Shoot me down, na 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 na. Shoot me down, 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 shoot me down. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.